This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Continuing with a whole week of comedies in what is now the merry month of May, we begin with a trip back to 1954 for a visit with old skinflint Jack Benny along with the rest of the cast. And what a cast it was. Jack Benny played himself. He was a protagonist of the show, a comic, uh, vain, penny-pinching miser, insisting on remaining 39 years of age despite his actual age, and often playing the violin badly. Eddie Anderson, Rochester Van Jones, Jack's valet and chauffeur, and early on in the show's run, he often talked of gambling or going out with women. Later, he generally complained about his salary. Don Wilson plays himself. Now, Don generally opened the show and also did the commercials. He was the target of Jack's jokes, mostly about his weight. Gene McNulty, Dennis Day, a vocalist who was always in the early 20s, no matter how old he actually was, and by the time of his uh, last television series, McNulty was 49 years of age. He was sweet, but not very bright. When called upon, he could use a wide variety of accents, which was especially useful in plays. He usually sang a song about 10 minutes into the program. And if the episode was a flashback to a previous time, a ruse would be used, such as Dennis singing his song for Jack, so we could hear it before the show. McNulty adopted the name Dennis Day as his stage name for the rest of his career. Sadie Marks, Mary Livingston, a sarcastic comic, comic foil, that is, whose varying roles all served to use the description of Fred Allen, a girl to insult. Uh, Marks, who in real life was Jack Benny's wife, later legally changed her name to Mary Livingston in response to the character's popularity. Her role in the program was reduced in the 1950s due to increasing stage fright. And Livingston finally retired from acting in 1958. Now, tonight's episode is entitled, Jack Buys a New Suit. Henry! Henry Aldrich! Coming, Mother! Yes, it's the Aldrich family as transcribed, written by Clifford Goldsmith. Someone once said that when you finally grow up and leave your teenage behind you, it's like being expelled from paradise. You can't ever go back. But there's one thing you can do. You can recall that wonderful time of your life in The Misadventures of Henry Aldrich. The scene opens in the Aldrich living room. It's mid-afternoon. Now, listen, Mary, for the last time, I'm not going to ask you again. Where is it? I don't have it, Henry. All right, Mary, all right. 
Just remember, I'm not going to ask you again. Good. Why should I go around humiliating myself? That's what I say. Sure. The last time, Mary, where'd you put it? Henry, I give you my word, I don't know where it is any more than you do. All right, Mary, but I just want you to know that I know you took it. Mary took what, Henry? My... Nothing, Mother, nothing at all. Now, wait a minute, Mary, don't go upstairs. I'd like to make you a proposition. I'm busy. Now, Mary? But, Mary, will you let me search your bureau if I promise to put everything back? No! Henry? Sam! Hello, Alice. Dear, why in the world are you coming home from the office at this time of day? For a very special reason. Don't let me forget this envelope. Envelope? Is that why Father, will you please call Mary and tell her you want her downstairs at once? What for? She locked herself in her room. Henry, could you come in here? In just a minute, Father. I have to go outside for something. Sam, why are you home so early? Well, all summer I've been saying that sometime Henry and I ought to pack up and go off on a camping trip. Dear, you aren't going on a camping trip in October, are you? Why not? I'm all caught up at the office. But October... Well, this is a tang in the air. All the leaves are starting to turn color. It's a wonderful idea. What is there so wonderful about sleeping on the hard, damp ground with trees dripping things on you all night? Well, it gets the poison out of your system. I'll come back a new man, and after all, I did promise Henry. I'm sure he's forgotten all about it. He'll enjoy it, Alice. He'll enjoy it. How long will you be gone? Oh, maybe two or three nights. Sam Aldrich. Mother, will you please call Henry? Where is he? He ran out in the yard and got the ladder out of the garage, and now he's putting it up to my window. Henry, will you please take that ladder back? Mother, he's practically up. Listen, Mary, for the last time. Good heavens. Dear, did you hurt yourself? No, Mother, I'm all right. I think. <laughs> Henry. Everything's all right, Father. I can fix your ladder. Will you please come in the house? He can't, Father. He's all wrapped up in a rose bush. <laughs> there, Alice. is a good example of why I should take Henry on a trip. He needs to get away from the house. What's wrong with the house? Nothing, nothing. It's just that Henry needs to work off a little of that energy out in the fresh air. Here, he was just out in the yard. That isn't the same thing. Father? What, Henry? Did that ladder cost a great deal? Henry? Yes, sir? Sam, I've got to go up and get something in Mary's room. Very well. Uh, Wait a minute, Mother. I'd like to go with you. Henry? Yes, Father? Would you mind waiting here, please? You want to speak to me now? I do. Oh. Henry, how would you like to get away from all this? You're going to send me away just because I broke the ladder? (laughs) How would you like to go on a camping trip? Alone? I'll go with you. In October? The weather prediction is warm and sunny for the next few days. Perhaps the last good ones we'll have. How about it? Go camping? Just the two of us? Yes, sir. We'll start this afternoon. Sleep right out in the woods. Catch our own fish. Cook our own grub. The only thing is, Father... That's trouble. I have to go to the movies tonight. To the movies? Yes, sir. A bunch of us sort of plan to go this evening. Wouldn't you rather get out and... Eat your own fish and... But gee whiz, Father, they're counting on me to sit with them. Couldn't we go some other time? Well, not as well as today. Not any later this year. What's more, Homer Brown and his father may go with us. Homer and Mr. Brown? That throws a different light on it. But Homer's seen the picture and it doesn't matter to him. I see. Very well. 
Couldn't we go tomorrow, Father? No, Henry, if you don't care any more about it than that, then you needn't even think of going. Mr. Aldrich! Come in, Homer. I am in. I know. Hi, Henry. Hello, Homer. Mr. Aldrich, my father wanted me to come over and tell you he doesn't know why he didn't think of it before. But we can't possibly go on that camping trip. Why not? We have to go to a wedding this afternoon and a party afterwards. That's quite all right, Homer. I'm not sure I wanted to go camping anyway. Aren't you going at all, Father? Alone. Well, look. Gee whiz, I'll go with you. No, thank you, Henry. Sam, will you come upstairs, please? What's the trouble now? Mary's jammed the key in her door and she can't get it unlocked. I'll be right there. Father, wouldn't you like to join us at the movies? At my expense? Thank you, I would not. Henry, what did your mother say was the matter with Mary? Boy, do you know what she did to me, Homer, just to be humorous? No, what? She stole my diary. Your diary, Henry? My five-year diary. I just started it this year. And Mary has it? Sure. And it's got in it what I think of everybody I know. Including me? Sure. Well, come on, I'll help you look for it. Henry, may I have a talk with you? With I, Mother? Hello, Mrs. Ulrich. Hello, Homer. Would you mind stepping into the hallway for a minute? What What do you want me to do out there, Mrs. Ulrich? Just wait till I'm through talking. Oh. Oh, oh, I get it. Well, I'm sure whatever it is, Henry didn't mean it. Mother Mary started the whole thing by taking my diary. That isn't what I want to talk about. Dear, your father feels rather badly. Father does? Because you'd rather not go camping. Oh. But, Mother, I told him I'd like to go. He said you insisted on going to the movies. Gee, I don't know where he ever got that impression. I'll admit I did mention the movies, because it's a picture I feel it's my duty to see. But I didn't refuse to go camping. Well, you see, dear, your father does enjoy doing things with you. And I'm afraid this time he was just a little hurt. Oh. Well, gee, I didn't realize he was that sensitive. <clears throat> Maybe I ought to take him camping. Would you like to? Sure, it'd do him a lot of good. He needs to get away from the house for a while. The house? Sure, out in the fresh air in different surroundings. Oh, gee whiz. Homer, what's the matter? Uh... Nothing, Henry. This table drawer came out too far, that's all. Homer, why are you going through the whole table drawer? Looking for something of Henry's. Mother, father wants to know whether we have any iodine. What happened? He heard his finger opening my door, and he's feeling very sorry for himself. Mother. Uh, yes, Henry. I'm not speaking to Mary. Will you please tell her I'll go up and get the iodine from father? Mother, I think Henry's entirely too sensitive. Mary, dear, do you know where Henry's diary is? Well, exactly what do you mean by that, Mother? I mean, did you hide it? Well, yes, but that's what puzzles me. Where did you put it? In the clothes hamper, and when I went back to get it, it was gone. Mary, Mary Aldrich. So I don't really have even the slightest idea as to where it is. For all I know, it may have gone to the laundry. Now, Mary, I don't think that was very nice. But, Mother, there wasn't one word in it the laundry could take offense at. Mrs. Aldrich, is Henry still upstairs? Homer, what are you doing in there? Well, did you know one of the drawers in your desk is locked? Homer, please leave my desk alone. <laughs> Mary, I want you to do something for me. What is it, Father? Do you see this brown envelope? Yes. Well, before I forget, when a Mr. Warren calls for it, will you please be sure that he gets it? Certainly, Father. Sam, are you and Henry really going camping? Yes, Alice. We had a little talk upstairs, and I agreed to take him. 
Uh, Mary, did I write Mr. Warren's name on the envelope? Oh, my goodness, Father. I can certainly remember Mr. Warren, can't I? Well, don't lose it. It's extremely important. Mother, did Father tell you I agreed to take him? Yes, Henry. Mary, what's in that envelope? Oh, don't you wish you knew? Can't you tell me? It's something very private. Sam, I'll go in the kitchen and boil a couple dozen eggs for you and Henry to take with you. Gee, Mother, you don't need to boil any eggs. No, Alice, we'll cook our own food. What food? The fish we catch. All we want is a little flour so we can make biscuits. And some bacon. Hey, Henry. What, Homer? I found your diary. You did? What does this mean? It says, Sam dropped in tonight, and I found him terribly nice, but very sensitive. Who's very sensitive? Homer, where did you get that? Well, you know that locked drawer in your desk? May I have it, please? (laughs) Can be mine. (laughs) Alice, when did you write that? Uh, Never mind. We can't read it? We certainly may not. I'm going to take it out and burn it. Well, come on, Henry. Let's go up and get into our old clothes. Sure, Father. So long, Homer. You're leaving me, Henry? Don't you want to go home? Well, I was going to look for your diary some more. Wait a second, Homer. I just had a wonderful idea. Boy, will it kill Mary. It will? She's got a brown envelope, Homer. A brown envelope? She says it's very private. And before I go camping, I'm going to get it and hide it. You are? Sure, sure. The only thing is, Homer... You're not afraid of Mary, are you? Well, no, but maybe I really ought After all, Henry, you aren't going to open the envelope, are you? She was, no. You're just going to hide it for a few days to get even. I think it's a great idea. Sure. And boy, will that teach her a lesson about taking things that don't belong to her. Father. Yes, Henry? I don't mean to be critical, but don't you think the fish would bite better if we didn't whistle? Yes, good idea. Nice tangy day, isn't it? Just look at those leaves. Brown, red. I think I'll cast out here in this other direction. They don't seem to be biting very well. Give them time. They're just getting used to us. Boy, I have to laugh every time I think of it. Every time you think of what? The way I got even with Mary. <laughs> you did. She did I hide something of hers. Yeah. <laughs> I remember once when your Uncle John came to visit us. He left his bag up in his Father. Room. What's the matter? I think I got a bite. Good. If we just keep quiet I'm now. Keep being quiet. Try your hook a little. That's what I'm doing. Oh, gee whiz. What was that? It kicked our knapsack into the water. Oh, I can get it. Be quiet, though. All I have to do is to take my shoes and socks off and wade right out to where the pack is snagged. You better hurry, Father. The current's taking it away. Here I go. It's a little chilly this time of year. I'll get it all right. Be careful, Father. It's a little deeper than I thought. Do you want to throw me your coat, Father? No. I just have to take one more step and... Who is father? Father? Where are you, father? Mary, don't you have the slightest idea as to where you put it? I'm almost positive that I put it here on this hall table. And it was a brown envelope? Yes, about this big. Is that Mr. Warren waiting in the living room? Uh, No, dear, it's Will Brown, his uncle. Well, I'm going to ask him something. Oh, Mr. Brown? Yes, Mary? 
Does your Mr. Warren really need that envelope today? He sure does. He was down at your father's office this morning and got a little excited or something and walked off and left it. I see. Just how valuable is it? Well, it wouldn't be valuable to anybody else, but it certainly means a lot to my nephew. It does? He had his marriage license in it. Oh, is that all? That's all. He's planning to be married at 5 o'clock. Today? I hope you don't think I'd be wearing a cutaway like this a day ahead of time. <laughs> yes, sir. My nephew's whole future's in that envelope. Well, look, Mr. Brown, would you mind sitting down just a minute while my mother and I go through my room once more? Well, I won't sit down exactly. I don't want to ruin this coat. I'll just sort of lean against the wall. <laughs> Put another stick on the fire, Henry. That's what I'm doing, Father. Do I smell something burning? It's just the fire, I think. Boy, these fish sure are tasty, aren't they? Yes. Have some more? I don't mind if I do. Sure was smarter, Mother, to put this can of sardines in the knapsack. <laughs> Your mother thinks of everything. They're even imported. Gee, you ought to see the big one I just got. Big what, sardine? Mosquito. <laughs> Father, you aren't shivering, are you? No, no, no. I'm almost dry. <laughs> 30 is wonderful out here in the woods in October. Feel that tang in the air, Henry? I bet Will Brown's sorry he couldn't come with us. So whose wedding did he have to go to? His nephew, John Warren. Hmm, 20 minutes to six. Ought to be just about married. Father, is there any dessert? Yes. Take this knife and cut a piece of that cake. Oh, gee whiz. Cut from the end that didn't go in the lake. <laughs> you know, son, as soon as we're through eating, I think we'd better move on to a place where there aren't so many mosquitoes. Father, maybe you did smell something burning. What is it? Gee whiz, I didn't know you put your shoes right next to this fire. through that pile of papers, dear, and I'll go through this one. I've been through all of them twice, Mother. I just went through the trash pile, and there's no sign of any license there. Well, Brown, you haven't been going through the trash pile in that cutaway, have you? I used a long rake. <laughs> did I just hear the phone ring? If you did, don't answer it. Why not? They've been heckling us for two hours. When we find the envelope, my nephew can get married, and not until then. My goodness, look at this. What, Mother? I just found a Christmas card we never opened. I wonder why Mrs. Standish has been so cool to me all year. Well, wait until you see how my nephew reacts to you. Where's he going on his honeymoon? To New Hampshire. To New Hampshire? Well, they'll like it there. They will if they ever get there. Father, where are you? Here, Homer. Well, look, they wanted me to tell you the bride's having hysterics. Oh, my goodness. Hysterics, Homer? She says she's never going to speak to the groom again as long as she lives. That's a fine thing. <laughs> are all the guests still there? Sure. When I left, they just finished the wedding cake. Here, I, I brought you a piece. <laughs> Not now. Just help us look for that license. Well, what did it look like? It's in a brown envelope. A brown envelope? Uh, yes, dear. A brown envelope? About this large? What's the matter with you, Homer? Have you seen it? The marriage license? Yes. No, sir. Oh, do you know what I think? I think we ought to get in the car and find Mr. Aldrich. Sam Aldrich? He's with Henry. I'm positive that'd be the safest thing to do. 
Where is it they're camping out? They set up near McCorkle's Rocks. McCorkle's Rocks? Way up there? Well, gee, Father, we could find them in less than two hours. And I have a feeling that's the only thing to do. Alice, call the wedding and tell them to go ahead with the reception. We'll get the bride and groom married later. Troubles of Henry Aldrich. To get even with his sister, who had lost his diary, Henry has hidden an envelope which he believes is hers, and he's gone off on a three-day camping trip. He's unaware of the fact that the envelope contains an important marriage license. The scene is in the woods. The time is late at night. Father, where are you? Right here, Henry. Where? On this blanket. Oh. You think we'll like this place better than the last two places we unpacked in? There isn't a mosquito anywhere near here. Now lie down and get comfortable. Gee, I wish our flashlight hadn't dropped in the water. You don't need a flashlight. Father, have you any idea where we are? I know exactly where we are. We're about a mile and a half from the main line of the Y&R Railroad. Now lie down and go to sleep. I am. Hey, this is the life, eh, son? You think it'll rain? There isn't a chance. Gee, what was that? Just a thunderstorm way over on the other side of the valley. Now close your eyes and go to sleep. Yes, Father. I wonder why the stars aren't out. Give them time. They'll come out. <laughs> Too bad Will Brown and Homer couldn't have come along with us. Who's what did you say it was? Mr. Warren, the young businessman who just moved to town. I expect to do a lot of business with him. What's that? Just some animal. <laughs> Why don't you just relax, Henry, and enjoy nature? Sounded to me like a train whistle. Well, it might have been a train over on the Y and R. Oh. Listen, Father, don't you think we ought to go some other place? Now, Henry, there's no sense in trying to go anyplace else. We'll be just as comfortable here as if we were home. Father, is it raining where you are? Well, just a little. You better pull your blanket over your head. Well, your train whistle sounds closer. Well, of course it sounds closer. It's going to pass within a mile and a half of it. What's that? Do you feel any ties under you? How did we get way over here? Come on! Father into the woods. Homer, they couldn't have gone much. What's the matter, Father? Nothing. I just fell down again. I never thought when I put this cut away on, I'd be wearing it out hiking. (laughs) Do you want your piece of wedding cake now? I do not. All I want is that license. Here, Homer. Shine that light over this way. What is it? A campsite. Somebody cooked their supper here. Where? 
Right there. See? A sardine can and a burnt shoe. <laughs> uh, probably a couple of tramps. Come on over. Is, is that rain I feel? Oh, just the leaves rustling. Was that leaves, too? Oh, Sam! Sam! Are you sure the front door was locked? I am. Let's try the back door. That's what I'm doing. Gee, don't you think we ought to call Mother? No. Real softly? There's no use disturbing your mother. It's nearly midnight. Bless you. Thank you. Father, why couldn't we sleep over at the Browns? When we drove by, the lights were still on. And the guests are still there, too. We're not walking in on any wedding party looking like this. Oh. We're the last people in the world they want to see tonight. Even the windows are locked. Father, I know what we could do. What? Camp out in the garage. No, Henry, your mother'd never let us hear the last of it. Oh, incidentally, when you see her in the morning, it won't be necessary to mention the fact that we lost a frying pan. How about your shoe that we lost? Well, that was an old shoe I bought at least two years ago. Hey, wait, I know how we can get in. Where are you going? The cellar door is unlocked. Follow me. Bless you. Thank you. I think everything is. Well, then, I wouldn't worry, dear. They'll probably go away in a few minutes. Uh, yes, of course. I hope I haven't disturbed you. Oh, no. No, not at all. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> it, it wasn't anyone, Mary. It, just Mrs. Kilmer. Mrs. Kilmer? She says not to worry, but there were two men outside. Two men, Mother? Now, don't be afraid. Every door and window is locked, except perhaps the cellar door. Didn't we lock that? Mary, we've got to go down and see whether we did or not. At this time of night? Yes, dear. Only let's not turn on any lights. I won't, Mother. Oh, let her wait here in the hall, dear, while I answer the phone. Who do you suppose it is? Hello? Mrs. Aldrich, this is Joe Graham. Who? You know, the best man at John Warren's wedding. Oh, yes. Do you have any ideas to where Mr. Brown and Homer went? Uh, yes, up to McCorkle's Rocks to look for Henry and Mr. Aldridge. Well, they haven't come back yet. We're getting a bit worried. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I'd better take a couple of the guests and go out and try to find them. Well, hope I didn't wake you up. Oh, no, not at all. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Mother. Yes, dear. I just ran down and locked the cellar door. You locked it? I never was so frightened in my life. And I was just in time, Mother. I could hear somebody right outside. Uh, dear, I'm sure we're perfectly safe. Everything is locked. What's that? Now, Mary. Listen. Mary. 
There is someone putting a ladder against the side of the house. They're going to climb in one of the windows. Shouldn't we call the police? Yes, dear. I knew all the time Henry shouldn't have left that ladder lying there on the ground. Wasn't it broken? I thought it was. I don't see how anybody... What time is it, Sam? Ten minutes to three. Are we almost home, Father? We are. Mary? Yes, Father? As long as you live, if you ever discover that Henry is keeping another diary, you are not to hide it in the laundry hamper or any other place. Is that clear? Yes, Father. And Henry? Yes, Father, I know. I thought you made a very nice best man, Sam. Thank you. Even if you were wearing cocky trousers. (laughs) Gee, it's too bad Homer and Mr. Brown didn't get there for the ceremony. Well, my goodness, the way they looked when they did get back, it's just as well. Anyway, it was a very nice wedding. Didn't you think the bride looked lovely? Oh, yes, Mother. A little sleepy, perhaps, but lovely. (laughs) I didn't like her so much. She was pretty darn cool to me. You don't say. Oh, bless you, Father. Sam Aldrich, are you catching cold? Certainly not. In October. It's just... Well, it's just... Frankly, I think there was a little too much tang in the air. (laughs) Radar can't do the entire job of protecting our country from a surprise air attack. That's up to us as individual citizens. Right now, the Air Defense Command needs 300,000 more volunteers for its Ground Observer Corps, made up of patriotic citizens who contribute a few hours of their spare time each week. Both men and women from teenage up can join the Ground Observer Corps and perform a valuable service to our country. Write a phone your nearest civil defense center or write to Ground Observer Corps... Air Force, Washington, 25, D.C. Henry, did you see your diary here? Gee whiz, Molly, where did that come from? It just came back with the laundry. What's this piece of paper with it? Oh, I didn't read it. It says... We cannot accept responsibility for laundering this article, but suggest you send it to a reliable dry cleaner. The Aldrich Family as Transcribed is written by Clifford Goldsmith. Henry is played by Bobby Ellis and Homer by Michael O'Day. Mr. and Mrs. Aldrich are House Jameson and Catherine Roth. Your announcer is Dick Dudley. Listen again next week, same time, same station, for another sparkling half hour with the Aldrich family. Good night, everybody. Stay tuned for the Aldrich family next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for the Aldrich family, a popular radio teenage situation comedy. It was the creation of playwright Clifford Goldsmith. 
Henry Aldrich began on Broadway as a minor character in Goldsmith's play What a Life, produced and directed by George Abbott. What a Life ran for 538 performances. The Broadway cast included Eddie Bracken, Betty Field, and Butterfly McQueen. The actor who brought Henry to life on stage was 20-year-old Ezra Stone, who was billed near the bottom of as the 20th actor in the cast. Well, let's hear tonight's episode, The Camping Trip. And now, Around the World, the Jack Benny Program. The Jack Benny Program, starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, it isn't often that our star goes out on a personal appearance tour. But having decided to go, a lot of preparations have to be made. At the moment, Jack is in conference with his new publicity man, Dick Fisher. Yes, sir, Benny, this is the greatest idea I ever had. You just listen to me and we'll pack every theater from the sun-kissed shores of California to the rock-bound coast of Maine. But, Dick... What an idea! Hand me that phone and I'll order the posters right now. We'll have billboards all over the country. But, Dick, I've never been billed that way before. Jack Benny, the platinum ball of fire. (laughs) I mean, it's ridiculous. I've never worked with fans or balloons. I'm way ahead of you, Benny. Instead of fans or balloons, you'll come out in a blue spot and do your stuff with two violins. What? And at the end of the dance, the violins open and pigeons fly out. Certainly, you always get the bird. Let's bring our own. Now, look. Look, Dick, I told you last week when I hired you, I don't want any crazy stuff. All I want... Excuse me, there's someone at the door. What a silly idea. Jack Benny, the platinum ball of fire. Hello, Jack. Oh, hello, Mary. Come on in. Where's Rochester? That's what I'd like to know. Last night, he asked me if he could have the evening off, and I haven't seen him since. Well, Jack, maybe he... Dick! Dick Fisher! Mary! Mary Livingston! Long time no see! Mary? Mary, you know Dick Fisher? Well, certainly! He was my publicity man when I worked at the May Company. (laughs) No. Yes, sir. I gave this little girl one of the most extensive publicity campaigns of my career. In two short weeks, I raised her from the bargain basement to the stocking counter on the fifth floor. (laughs) And this, mind you, during the heat of a presidential campaign. All right. Calm down. I don't doubt that you're a great publicity man. But you'll have to think up another stunt for me. I'm not going to go for those pigeons. What's that supposed to be? I don't know. Dick's got some idea about my personal appearance tour. He wants me to work with pigeons. I think that's a great idea. (laughs) What are you laughing at? I can just see the finale. A pigeon swoops down, takes off your toupee, and lays an egg in it. Mary, this is going to be a high-class show, and I've got some wonderful dates lined up, haven't I, Dick? That's right. Now, Dick, I wish we could think of a cute publicity angle for Dallas. Don't worry, Benny. I got just a thing for you. What is it? When we arrive in town, I want you to walk from Dallas to Fort Worth playing your violin and lead a thousand cows into the slaughterhouse. (laughs) 
Into the slaughterhouse? Well, how do you know the cows will follow me? Follow you? They'll be pushing you. <laughs> Look, they won't be pushing me because I'm not going to play. Answer that, will you, Mary? Please. Hello. Mr. Benny's residence. Mary, the upstairs maid talking. <laughs> Hello, Mary. This is Charlie Bagby. Can I talk to the old man? Just a minute. Jack, it's Charlie Bagby, your piano player. Oh. Hello, Charlie. Jack, I want to talk to you about the band arrangements on your personal appearance tour. Have you got a minute? Sure, what is it? How do you want us orchestra boys to dress? In blue suits or sport clothes? Well, neither one, Charlie. I want you to wear evening clothes. The only evening clothes we've got are pajamas. (laughs) What? And we can't wear those. Half the drawstrings are missing. Look, Charlie, Charlie, wear whatever you want, but have Sammy the drummer in a blue suit because he'll be sitting up high. Okay. And another thing, Charlie, when I'm out on the stage telling jokes, I want you boys to act as though you're enjoying it. You know, it looks good to the audience. Don't worry. We'll take care of the people in the balcony, too. We'll paint a smile on the top of Sammy's head. (laughs) Oh, that'll be wonderful. There's only one problem, and that's Remley. Remley? Yeah, But everything will be all right if we let him sit back on my piano. But, Charlie, I want to look like we've got a big orchestra. Why shouldn't Frankie sit out in the open? Because every time a spotlight shines in his face, he jumps up and yells, I didn't do it! I didn't do it! Look at Charlie. I'm busy. Look at, arrange the orchestra the best way you can. That's so long. So long. That orchestra is the craziest. Benny, while you were on the phone, I got a sensational idea. Huh? For a publicity stunt, we'll have you jump from the top of a 12-story building into a net. It's never been done before. (laughs) Dick, what do you mean it's never been done before? Many people have done stunts like that, jumping off of a building into a net. A hairnet? Publicity simple and dignified. Is there any other idea you've got for publicity? Yes, sir. I've been working on a Lulu for Seattle. You have? You know, that's great fish country, so I made a deal that on the day of your opening, you spend six hours in a fish cannery, then you go directly to the theater. <laughs> Wait a minute. If I go right from the fish cannery to the theater, won't I smell? Yes, but I'm giving you a reason. <laughs> Oh, for heaven's sake, Dick. I'm not going to do any of those crazy things, so let's forget it. Okay. Oh, Jack. What? When you go out to buy a wardrobe for your stage show, I'd like to go with you. Wardrobe? Certainly. Aren't you going to buy some new suits? Mary, I just bought a new suit. In fact, you were with me. That was in 1936. (laughs) Gosh, how time flies. (laughs) But maybe you're right. I should get a new suit. I'll answer the door. Mr. Benny. Oh, hello, Dennis. Can I come in? Well, I... I don't know. Will your, will your dog bite me? Oh, no. My dog wouldn't bite you. Are you sure? My dog wouldn't bite anybody. Oh. Well, in that case, come on in. Nice. Cute. 
Hi, puppy. <laughs> Ouch! My leg! <laughs> Dennis, you said your dog wouldn't bite me. That isn't my dog. <laughs> isn't your dog, then what's he doing here? I don't know. I was just walking down the street. He whistled at me, so I followed him. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Don't be ridiculous. A dog can't whistle. It's amazing. That dog whistled young at heart. Yesterday, he bit Sinatra. <laughs> Gee. You know, Dennis, I just thought of something. I could make a fortune if I could use that dog on my television show. <laughs> no, this dog will be all right on radio, but you can't use him on television. Why not? He photographs like a man. <laughs> <laughs> Word for that mustache, he'd look like a Mexican hairless. <laughs> now, Dennis, I have to go out and buy some new clothes. So if you came over here to rehearse your song, let me hear it. Okay. And when you finish it, I want you to... Wait a minute, kid. Hold it. What's the matter? I just heard the back door open and close. Must be Rochester sneaking in. Oh, Rochester! Yes, boss! Come on in here. I want to talk to you. Yes, sir. Now, Rochester, last night you asked me if you could have the evening off, didn't you? Uh-huh. Now, that was last night. Now, it's 11 o'clock the next morning. Uh-huh. So, where have you been? Well, boss, I'm going on my vacation soon, and some friends of mine on Central Avenue gave me a farewell party. Now, wait a minute, Rochester. Every night this week, you've been to a farewell party. It's the same one. We just adjourned during the daytime. <laughs> Well, look, Rochester, I haven't got time to talk to you. I've got to listen to Dennis sing his song. Let's have it, Dennis. Seeking happiness Grown by three hopeful lovers Which one will the fountain bless? Three hearts in the fountain Each heart longing for its home There they lie Somewhere in the heart of Rome Which one will the fountain bless? Which one will the fountain bless? Three coins in the fountain Through the ripples how they Just one wish will be granted 
One heart will wear a valentine Which one will the fountain bless Which one will the fountain bless Three kinds in the fountain One wish will be granted One heart will wear a valentine Make it mine Make it mine Make it mine Dennis, your voice is in great shape. I've got to go now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Jack, if you want me to go downtown with you to pick out a suit, we better go now. Okay, Mary. Jack, why don't you keep your garage cleaner? Oh, I'll straighten it up someday. Come on, get in the car. <laughs> go ahead, start the car, Rochester. Yes, sir. But first, I got to get a little water. Oh, is the radiator dry? No, I'm taking an aspirin. I know what's coming. (laughs) Never mind that. Just start the car. Yes, sir. Rochester, what's wrong with the motor? It ain't bad for a dog. <laughs> well, try it again, will you? Yes, sir. Well, here we are, Mary. There's the store across the street. Rochester, there's a parking space. Where? Between that truck and that convertible. But I can't get into that space. It's too small. Well, put our bumper up against the truck and push it. Oh, boss, calm now. Well, look, Miss Livingston and I will get out here and you find a parking space. Yes, sir. Well, here's the store, Mary. Let's go in. Now, let's see. Where Hiya, is it? Hiya, bud. What's new? <laughs> huh? Oh, hello. Come on, Mary. Who is that? That's that racetrack tout I'm always running into. Well, let's see. I wonder where... Oh, good afternoon. May I help you, sir? Yes, yes. I'd like to buy a new suit. I don't blame you. 
I'm Mr. Kearns, and I'll be glad to show you our new line. Good, good. But first, tell me, what is the price range here? Well, our suits start at $20 and go up to 150 Well, I wouldn't want to wear anything as cheap as $20, and yet I wouldn't want to go way up to 150 you know. <laughs> I understand. I like something in the middle, you know, say about $30. <laughs> Oh, Jack, why don't you get a good suit for a change? After all, you're going to wear it on the stage every night. Stage? Are you an actor? Well, yes, yes, I am. I'm Jack Benny. Now, Mr. Kearns, what color suit would you suggest that I get? Well, a lot of men select a color to match their hair or their eyes. Uh, let's see, uh, your eyes are blue, aren't they? That has never been challenged. <laughs> Oh, Jack. What is it, Mary? Here's a very pretty suit. It's gabardine. Oh, say, that looks good. I like gabardine. I'm sure that suit would look very nice on you, Mr. Benny. Yes, but it's $45. Oh. Uh, there's a whistle in the pocket. <laughs> oh, well, I don't care about that, but I, I think I'll take it. Fine, huh? fine. I'll go upstairs and get our tailor so he can measure you for any alteration. Thank you. Say, Mary, I'm going to walk to the back of the store and see if there's anything else I'd like. Want to join me? No, I'm tired. I'll sit right here. Okay. There's no business like show business like no business I know. Yum, bum, 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 bum. Yep, that gabardine suit will look nice. $45, though. Oh, well. There's no... Hey, Bud. <laughs> Bud. <laughs> Huh? Come here a minute. <laughs> Who? Me? Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? I'm... I'm buying a suit. What kind? Gabardine. Uh-uh. Get a wool suit. Well, why should I get wool? On account of the pants. They're great in the back stretch. <laughs> well, but I like gabardine. Look, I'm telling you for your own good, get wool. But don't take my word for it. Look at the breeding. The the breeding? Wool is out of Mary's Little Lamb by Baba Black Sheep. <laughs> Well, look, I'm going to buy a gabardine suit, and that, that settles it. Well, okay, it's your doll. <laughs> what a guy. Whenever I run into him, I... Oh, there you are, Mr. Benny. Yes, yes, I was just sort of looking around. Well, I'd like you to meet our tailor, Mr. Benny. This is Mr. Nelson. How do you do? <laughs> How do you do? Now, I don't want to seem impatient, but I'm in a hurry. Can we get on with the measuring? Why, certainly. Mr. Nelson, do you have your tape measure with you? Yes. Now, hold still, little man. <laughs> little man? You're buying the one with the whistle in the pocket, aren't you? <laughs> well, 
Look, Mr. Nelson, just take the measurements. Uh, very well. Uh, collar, 16. Collar, 16. Shoulders, 18. Shoulders, 18. <laughs> chest, uh, chest. Well, how did it get way down there? Never mind that. Your right sleeve, 34. Right sleeve, 34. A left sleeve, 21. <laughs> left sleeve, 21. Wait a minute. Why are you making the left sleeve so short? Well, you want people to see your wristwatch, don't you? <laughs> no, and stop wasting my time. Now, Mr. Nelson, when will my suit be ready? In four weeks. Four weeks? But I want it for my personal appearance tour. Well, I'm sorry. It'll take four weeks. You mean I can't have my brand new suit for my opening in Dallas? No, but if you like, we'll run an ad in the paper telling them you bought one. <laughs> you mean you're going to run an ad telling everybody I bought a new suit? Well, when you bought that one you're wearing, it pushed Lindbergh right off the front page. <laughs> Well, I've had enough of this. I'm not going to buy the suit at all. But, Jack, what are you going to do about your personal appearance in Dallas? I'll show you. Let me use that phone. Hmm. Fix this. Hello, Dick. Buy some corn. We're going to use those pigeons after all. <laughs> We'll be back in just a minute, but first... Hello? Yeah, this is Mabel. Oh, hello, Gertrude. How are you? I can't talk too long. Mr. Benny will be leaving in a couple of minutes. Yeah, he's still driving the Maxwell. How old is it? I don't know exactly, Gertrude, but it's getting awful thin on top. <laughs> from Sylvester from overseas. Yeah, he's studying bookkeeping with Usafi on an extension course from Texas Tech. Yeah, I know he's overseas. He sends his lessons to the college and they correct them. So if he decides to go there someday, he gets credit for the bookkeeping courses taken now. No, Texas Tech ain't the only college that has Usafi extension courses. Colleges all over the U.S. teach all kinds of subjects. Huh? Your boyfriend Clarence in the Navy wants to take a course in husbandry? Oh, so you could get married? <laughs> Look, Gertrude, husbandry ain't what he thinks. That's where you learn to take care of cows. On second thought, maybe Clarence knows what he wants at that. <laughs> oh, I gotta disconnect you, Gertrude. My buzz is flashing. I'll let you know when I hear from Sylvester again. Yeah. Don't take any wooden nickels. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, the chief hope of our enemies is to divide the United States along racial and religious lines and thereby conquer us. Let's not spread prejudice. A divided America is a weak America. Through our behavior, we encourage the respect of our children and make them better neighbors to all races and religions. Remind them that being good neighbors has helped make our country great 
They kept her free. Thank you. Josephsburg, George Balzer, and John Tackaberry, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks. As usual, Jack Benny and all the gang will be back next week at this same time. See you then. Good night. The Jack Benny Show is presented through the facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio Service. Well, thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Bob Hope, followed by Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.